What's up, everybody? Hope you're doing well. Stephen Scullion back here on the podcast. I know it's Friday, but I'm actually going to answer. Uh, I threw out a couple of questions the other day. Well, I didn't throw out a couple of questions. I basically um, tweeted and suggested that if you guys ask questions, I'd try to, rather than answer within like a minute or two, like I do with Ask Skull Friday, I suggested that I would answer, like, I guess, more in depth. Um, and so the question that I answered the other day was about, like, the mental aspect of running and maybe how I cope with that. Um, the question in particular was, how do you drown out negative thoughts when racing, especially when you're in the mix of metal? So I answered that. Um, but one of, the, one of the other questions that was really good, I thought, was from Dana Spencer. And it was, how long did it take you to build your mileage to where it is now and why not run 120 plus like a lot of the sub 210 guys did 30 plus years ago and so I was kind of I'm, I'm going to answer this in a couple of different ways I'm going to answer the question exactly how the question is so why don't I run 120 plus miles then I'm going to talk a little bit about um sorry I need to pour more water in the Epsom bath it's too hot um, so then I'm going to answer a question probably just about mileage in general. Something I read recently was, I actually tweeted the article, it was about the Italian coach Renata Canova, and he said that Westerners run to hit a certain amount of mileage per week, whereas Africans run to run at the right pace. and. I don't like totally agree with that, um, but I kind of do because I know there's a lot of people out there that would judge a week. You would judge your week based on the mileage figure at the end of that week. So no matter no matter what went on throughout the week, I, I like I I love Strava because Strava has um, it's a pretty cool training log. But it also, you can also color coordinate your week. So if you go to edit activity, you can specify whether an activity was a long run, a race, a session, um, or an easy day. And so the way, the way I start to gauge whether or not I've had a good week is usually if I have two long runs that week. One is usually a medium long run. The other is usually, um, I'm going to say a proper long run, but let's just call it a longer run. Um, the, the week should have usually one or two workouts, usually two, so two sessions. Um, and then it should just have a, a couple of days where there's double runs, etc., etc. And if I build 10 weeks, where I can see on Strava this really nice and consistent color coordination. Maybe I'm quite a visual person. So if I see if I see the session days looking consistent, if I see the long run days looking consistent, and I see the mileage figure on the left looking consistent, then I'm pretty happy. If I if I just tried to hit a mileage figure. I had that. I have the this idea that I want to hit roughly ninety miles a week. Um, but actually, when I was talking to people the other day, 
some of my 90 miles a week are far different than others. So for example, when I'm half marathon training and the longest long run that I do is like 16 to 18 miles, if I run 90 to 100 mile that week, compared with running 91 miles, for example, when my long run is 25 miles, it's, yes, it's a, yes, they're both a 90 mile week, but actually the half marathon type 90 mile week was probably more consistent throughout the week. Whereas the marathon 90 mile week just had a 25 bloody mile long run on the Sunday. So of course it was going to be 90 miles. I'm probably going into that Sunday run having only ran, what would it be? 60, 66 miles. And then I'm banging out 25 miles on a Sunday and all of a sudden it's a 90 mile week. But actually if, if I only did when I'm training for like 10 K to half marathon, sometimes I'll only do 15 mile on Sunday. And so actually that week would have only been like an 80 mile week. So on the on the topic of mileage, be very careful about chasing mileage figures. And and the reason I wanted to talk about this topic is because I was out doing a run today. One of my well, really my main goal for the next lot of weeks um is to bring my mileage up a bit. And I told you guys as part of that, I'm gonna try to only do one interval session per week and so this morning I just went for 11 and a half miles and I probably ran most of it at like 610 to 630 sort of pace but when you're doing that at 7,000 feet and the loop I picked today was pretty icy and pretty muddy pretty hilly it's just a pretty tough loop I swear to god I finished the run and I thought I probably would have preferred to have done. The group's going to do 400s this afternoon. And I kid you not, <laughs> I think the 400s would have been easier than, than doing that 11 and a half miles that I did this morning. Um, easier in the sense that I prefer actually running faster. Sometimes I feel better when I'm running faster and around the track than I do running at that sort of steady medium to steady effort that I ran at today but it was hilly it was it was 7,000 feet it was muddy underground you know like I've, I've realized that if I take myself to a road I find it really easy to get my heart rate up so I can I can push the heart rate to 165 170 probably for 20 miles and not think anything of it whereas this morning my heart rate was probably between 140 and 155 and I felt uncomfortable and I'm not feeling uncomfortable the effort just feels harder to me when there's hills and there's mud and there's mixed terrain so that's what made me want to talk about mileage because I think a lot of people just chase a number and don't really think about what is actually going on within that week so if you just run easy every day for example and you hit 60 miles that week I used to think to myself like my mom doesn't run at all and I'm pretty sure within a year of running even my mom could do 60 miles of just easy running a week and, and I, I genuinely believe that um so you have to start thinking about is is a 60 mile week with just running any better than a 45 mile week with a tempo and an interval session? Probably not. So again, a lot of people get caught up in, I'm gonna do six weeks of just base mileage. 
I'm not going to do any sessions. I just want to build that volume up. And they don't really, I don't know that you go anywhere. You think because you're running once or twice a day, nearly every day, or because you're hitting your highest mileage that you've ever hit, you want something back. You want the return, but you're not going to get it because all you're doing is running. So the only thing you're getting better at is running at a slow or an easy pace around the park or along the toolpath or whatever. So to actually get better at racing, you need to run at the speed that you're going to race at and you need to do it quite a lot. You know, like if we, if we relate it to, I remember like when you watch like, I don't know, like movies, like, like let's say we watch Rocky and Mickey tells Rocky that if he wants to fight good for 10 rounds, he has to train. I don't know what he said. It was something crazy. And you thought about it. Wow. Like, holy shit, he's right. But if you want to run a 10 K at a certain speed, you need to have run and training a lot of time at that speed. And so I want you guys just to think about that. I want you to think, are you running just to chase a number each week? Or are the miles that you're putting in, it's not, okay, let's go for this quote. Like, <laughs> is it something along the lines of, instead of chasing a number, make, make them, instead of chasing a mileage, make the miles count? Something along the lines of that. So instead of thinking, I want to hit 60 miles this week, let's think more along the lines of, I just want to make the running that I do this week count. So that doesn't mean that you can't do easy days. In fact, five of your six days might be easy, but you might, Wednesday, you might do something harder, which is going to give you a big benefit. And then that means that maybe the next day might need to be a bit less. And so you might not hit your 60 miles, but you might think to yourself, but actually the 58 miles that I did do are really good. And and so that's something worth thinking about. It's the same if you what do you think you get more benefit from um, going down the toolpath and running really easy for 60 minutes? But getting, let's say, 60 minutes easy down the toolpath, you end up running seven miles. But what if you did 60 minutes over a pretty hilly run? So you're going to be slower. You're not going to run as far. But if you do that every day instead of the toolpath, even though you might only run 50 miles that week and not 60, those 50 miles are going to count for more than running down that toolpath easy. I promise you. Absolutely promise you. So miles is a miles is an interesting subject. Um, I, I definitely believe in miles. I definitely think you should be trying to push your mileage as, as high as you possibly can without getting injured. And that's a very important statement at the end, without getting injured. So better to do 52 weeks at 50 mile than do 10 weeks at 70 and then get injured. Absolutely far better. Um, but you can also think about what goes on within your weekly mileage, whether it's strength stuff. And, and by strength stuff, I mean running over hills, um, tempo stuff, interval reps, hill sessions, etc., etc. Don't become a mileage whore that basically defines whether a week was good or bad based on the mileage. That, that, that doesn't work. That won't work. Um, it's fine to hold yourself accountable to a certain amount of miles per week. But if the only way you define a good week is by hitting a certain amount of miles, you're, you're, you're fucked. Um, because what if you need an easy day? What if you need a rest day? What if you were tired in a session? Oh, God forbid you don't hit that certain mileage. Um, so unless you've found your sweet spot and you know that, 
okay, if I sit at 55 to 60, that's my sweet spot, then you should be looking for that. Okay, next question to answer. Um, how did I build my mileage to the figure that it's at now? Um, yes, I suppose I was, even in my comeback, like when I first started after taking eight months off, I was basically already capable of running. I think I went something like, you guys, if you read the PDF, would know this, but I'm pretty sure I went something like 50, 65, 80, 90. So it is a bit embarrassing that if I could run 90 miles after four weeks and having taken eight months off, why, why am I not doing 120 plus now? Like somebody said 30 years ago, so people still run over 120 miles, just in case you, you didn't know that. Um, it's not just people from 20, 30 years ago. Um, probably a combination of things. The, the plan before Houston was to run more miles. So I, I took the first year and a half pretty slow in the comeback. And, and at the end of the day, I might not have been hitting. I think I only ran over 100 miles about three or four times in the first in the last two years. Um, I learned from maybe I have a little bit of a mental block. I think I do. Um, in 2006, I really went for it. And I, I think I averaged 120 something miles for 11 weeks in a row. And then I tore my quad. So what the fuck was the point? <laughs> like, it seems like, it seems obvious, but like, it didn't matter how many miles I averaged in that camp. I tore my quad and, and raced pretty poor compared to my fitness on race day because I had a torn quad. So maybe there's like a mental block there. And um, maybe I'd rather sit at 90 to 100 and be healthy and, and not get hurt and actually be able to race on race day and not be hurt, not be running London Marathon with a torn quad. Um, I, I think subconsciously I thought to myself that I would save the 120 plus miles for the year of the Olympics. Um, what's the point in me being good enough to make the Olympics but being hurt? Um, I, I don't I don't understand I, I don't know why I would do that. Um that said, I told you it is it is a goal of mine to to start increasing the mileage. I, I added the gym stuff because I thought if I add the gym stuff and I do the rehab and I do the prehab stuff, then perhaps by the time I start to try to run 110 or 120 miles per week, I'll be a bit stronger and I'll be able to handle it without tearing my quad. Um that said, maybe I already can. Um, it's <laughs> it's not easy to run 120 miles a week at altitude. I, I promise you that. It's it's actually really tough. Um, you get tired. I, I woke up out of a nap yesterday and I wanted to tweet like, like fucking hell, basically. Like, I, I don't know how or why I do this. Like, I, I, live in, I live in a daily routine of run, eat, nap. Wake, out of, wake up out of my nap thinking I've been smashed by a train. Um, try to motivate myself to go run again. Come back. Try to motivate myself to either do the rehab or go to the gym. Come back. Eat. And within two hours, I'll be asleep by nine o'clock. So that's my life right now. And has been for the last probably year at least. Um, does it? I don't know how fun that sounds to you guys. It, it is what it is. Um, so that that's at 95 to 100 mile a week. So if if I were to bump that to 120, yeah, it's it's 
it's tough. Have, have you ever mapped out what 120 miles a week looks like? Um, it's it's not easy. Um, it's something like 17 miles a day, 10 miles in the morning, seven miles at night. Not one of those runs at altitude is easy. There's not there's not a single run I do at altitude that I think, oh, that was an easy one. Happy days. Sea level is a lot different. Seven thousand feet is a lot different. Um, so yeah, there's multiple reasons. Um, in the last build up, it was actually sinus infections that held me back. So I had three sinus infections in the in the Houston Marathon build up, pretty much from around about October through to January. I had back-to-back sinus infections, and I mean two weeks with ugly green mucus sinus infections. I don't mean, oh, I had the sniffles. I mean waking up, texting half, saying I'm not going to train today. Then two hours later, because I had like a hot tea or cleared most of the mucus, deciding, fuck this, I'm going to go train. Um, so I think that's what held me back in the last build-up was these sinus infections. So maybe if they hadn't existed, there would have been probably two or three weeks where I would have probably been able to run 15 miles more because I would have doubled. Um, I was probably running 90 to 95 mile a week with maybe one double a week, very little doubles. Um, so yeah, that's, that's pretty much why. Um, in terms of how do I build the mileage that I'm, not, I'm at now, it just seems to be a number that I can comfortably train at without getting hurt or without breaking down mentally or um like physically as well not just like not just like i mean like health as well not just like physical injury like hamstring calf etc etc um so yeah it's definitely a balance but i i I ran with the the japanese guys the other day and i was talking to the coach a little bit and and i mean something he told me scared me a little bit because it, it really hit home with me but he told me that japanese men are currently averaging about a thousand kilometers a month in their marathon training. Now I don't know the exact maths, but I think it's around about 180 to 200 miles a week. And <laughs> yeah, I, it really got me thinking. It's probably about 150 to 175 actually in that sort of range. But it definitely, definitely made me think, why the fuck am I not doing that? Um, not necessarily 150 to 175 miles a week. But I'm nowhere near that. I'm I'm 90, you know, that's, it's kind of pathetic. Um, my running 90 miles a week for 52 weeks isn't pathetic at all. But if you compare that to the Japanese guys that are breaking 210, running maybe 130 miles a week, well, then it's pretty pathetic. Um, so I, I did a Instagram the other day, and at the bottom of the Instagram, I said, it's time to stop pretending. And... It's not that it's not that I feel like I'm pretending, and you guys will probably laugh at that because it probably seems like I'm pretty focused, and I am I am really focused, but maybe like maybe it is time to not hold back as much, and maybe it is time to push that volume a little bit higher, and um, what's going to end up happening is I'm going to keep running ninety to hundred mile a week, and then I'm probably in my head I think I'm the best. Irish runner we have right now in the distance events but what's going to happen is somebody else is going to go out there and run 120 to 130 mile a week and then they're going to fuck me up (laughs) I'm like I'm going to have to be pissed off because I'm going to think well like it's your own damn fault like fair play to them because they were willing to put the work in and they were willing to make it work like find a way to run 120 to 130 mile a week and so 
yeah, who knows? Maybe maybe that's the next step. Um, I've already been, if anyone follows me in Strava, you'll probably see I've already been running twice a day a lot more. Um, I had to kind of talk to the gym guys about the S&C stuff because I, I noticed my hamstring starting to flare up a little bit again. And um, the problem with everything is balance is everything and moderation is everything. So I kind of like, I, I just do what I'm told. And with the gym stuff and the rehab stuff, or try to, um, and I counted up all the rehab, all the activation stuff, and it worked out to be about six and a half, seven hours a week. And I had to email and say, "Look, guys, I used to do one and a half to two hours. This is this is crazy. I wouldn't start running two hundred and fifty mile a week. I wouldn't just triple, triple, sorry, like my my volume, my load." And and so I I I was really I was actually really frustrated because I the it sounds silly, but like the path I went down was look, like sure I might have had weaknesses, but in my two years before starting gym stuff, bear in mind I trained for almost a year and a half to two years with zero gym work. I don't think I missed a single day, not a single day. I had the groin issue, which held me back a little bit, but I didn't have to miss any training. I just had to change some sessions. So there was no doubt that there was weaknesses and that these weaknesses needed addressed. And I, I stand by that, but I put trust and I put faith into, into doing what I'm told. And since starting the gym stuff and the rehab stuff, like I think I've missed like more days in the last four or five months than I missed in those first two years. Um, and the running volume hasn't increased. It's just stayed the same. So yeah, I, I can preach and I can say to you guys, like, you know, do the activation stuff, do the rehab stuff, maybe start some gym stuff. But if you get hurt doing it, then it's a waste of time. So everything's balanced. Everything's moderation. I'm I'm going to have to tune it back a little bit, and especially if I want to push the mileage a bit higher. But I'm still going to preach about it because I definitely think there's a huge benefit to finding, finding the balance between doing the activation stuff and maybe just the rehab stuff and then dropping the dropping some of the weights and maybe dropping some of the plyometrics. Um, it's not that I don't believe in it. It's just that I don't, I believe health is way more important than maybe something that provides a one to 2% benefit. I can, one of the things I said in the email without trying to be harsh was I don't know any world-class athlete that has removed running from the program and became a world-class athlete. So if my total if my total training load right now is too high, and that's why little niggles are coming up, or that's why things are hurting, something's got to go. And I can promise you that running will not be the thing to go. Because actually, I think running needs to increase, not decrease. Um, so that's that's fairly interesting. I'm going to – I think the gym coach actually just emailed me back and um, we're going to look at it. One of the problems is I have physio, I have gym coach. You know, there's different people setting. Some people are setting rehab. Some people are setting the activation stuff. Some people are setting gym stuff. And when I kind of looked at it, each program that I have includes some form of hamstring or glute exercise. And so I'm probably loading the hamstrings and glutes three to four times a day most days because of running, because of rehab, because of activation. And then it just becomes a bit too much. So um, there you go. That's that's pretty much today. Um, yeah, mileage isn't just a number. Think about what's getting into it. Um, I 
learning from say the japanese who are running heaps of mileage and are killing the marathon then maybe that's something we need to pay attention to um you can just google japanese marathon training and you can see a lot um it's funny that like we we have access to shit like this but then we never act on it um i I always i always do think about that in my own head like you know you the, the world we live in we have access to so much like information online but we don't we barely barely act on any of it um because we're so stuck in our own ways and our own routine and at the end of the day someone said to me the other day i can't remember what they said you know it was something like when i try to increase my training you know the people i train with are so opinionated about it and i replied well as of right now we don't have any world class first of all i said do you not did you not it reminded me of Shawshank Redemption when they said didn't you know that everybody in Shawshank's innocent and and the, the response I said to this guy was didn't didn't you know that every runner in Ireland knows best and <laughs> maybe that includes me too um but it's still true like there's a lot of people that are opinionated but we don't have any world-class marathon runners right now or European class marathon runners and by that I mean meddling at the world or European stage so we should be willing on a daily basis to learn to learn from the people that are killing it, like the Japanese, like some of the American male marathon runners. I mean, the Kenyans are, I think, a different breed. Um, but they, if they're a different breed and they train harder than we do, then we don't really have much chance to beat them. Um, so, yeah, there's always, there's always learning curves, and that's for me too. Um, to summarize why my mileage isn't 120 plus like others 30 years ago it's a it's a process it takes time um i absolutely think it will get to that point but i don't want to get hurt in the process because i'm i'm not valuable to anybody including ireland including myself if i'm injured so getting injured is not going to happen and i'll if i have to stick at 95 to 100 not to get injured well if you want to call me a pussy for doing that, that's completely up to you. Um, but I, I try to be as smart as I can. But at the same time, my emotions are at a different level. My emotions already want to do a longer run. My emotions already want to push harder. Um, but that's one of the things I have to control. That's one of the things I've learned to control. And maybe we'll find a balance. And this year, that balance might be like 105 to 110 miles per week. And then we'll race and maybe world champs will go better than thought or better than races have been going and then maybe for the olympics there'll be another slight increase but look have a good day guys i'll jump on your questions tonight for ask all friday that'll be published tomorrow so yeah all the best guys bye bye